Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Everyday Nation Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. So good to just bless the Lord this morning and lift up His name in our homes. Church, I hope you're well and I hope you've got your Bible. Let's get into the Word of God. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 16. So I really don't want this just to be like entertainment and you're sitting on your couch and maybe eating breakfast or worse, maybe a packet of chips or something. I don't know what you're doing. Get your Bible, get your journal, get your notepad, get your pen. Let's get into the Word of God. You know, the measure that we use to the Word will be the measure that comes back to us. So grab your Bible. We're going to start in Genesis 16. If you've just joined us, we've been looking at, we're doing a series at this, at the moment called Awesome God. And we're looking at the names of God. Because, you know, the Bible, the Bible basically says to us that mankind starting by himself cannot know God. If, if starting by ourselves, we invent gods that we like. All right. We, they're called idols. We create these images or these understandings of who we think God is. The, the story, the Bible, however, is a revelation of who God is from beginning to the end. It's a, it's a, it gives us, it shows us who God is. It's a revelation of who He is. And, and so this is why we're kind of starting in Genesis. Uh, you know, often in Gen- we go to Genesis, that's the seed book. That's where it all starts. And, and that's where we see God stepping in. But God, God steps in and, and says, and, and introduces Introduces himself and introduces his names to us. And, and so we're looking at various encounters that men and women have with God and where these names of God are revealed so we can have a better understanding of who he is. Now, the chapter we're going to this morning in Genesis 16 is the story of Abraham, Sarai, Hagar, and Ishmael. And it's a story I, I'm pretty sure most of us are familiar with. We know the story. And, uh, you know, if anything, I think this is quite an embarrassing chapter in the Bible. I mean, if I was Abraham, I would, I would not be pleased that this chapter was in the Bible. I mean, can you imagine? You know, these poor guys in the Bible, you know, a lot of their lives are just there for us to watch. And a lot of their mistakes are there for us to watch. And, and this really is a chapter of a whole lot of family drama and mistakes and shortfallings and falling in faith and and just a chapter of like just I don't know did, did you come from a family where maybe there was a lot of drama like maybe there was drama you know you had that uncle you had that aunt and mom and dad and then you had that sibling that was like this and you know we all got drama in our families and in our homes and can you imagine that like the worst day of drama in your family was actually captured and put into the Bible <laughs> I would not like that, okay? So this is, but this is what we're going to look at right now. This is a chapter of tremendous family drama that we're going to go into. But everything in the Bible is there for a reason. There's meaning. There's, there's truth there. And there's revelation there. And it's in this chapter where there's so much shortfalls, where there's so much uh, drama, family drama, and, and failings, human failings, that we actually see God stepping into into this family and bringing leadership, bringing direction, bringing purpose, bringing meaning. And it's in this chapter that we find El Roy. Okay, can you say El Roy? El Roy. All right, up until now, all we know from Genesis is that he is El Ohim. All right, supreme, mighty, creator, all existent one, ever existent one. Elohim. But now we're going to see that he's not only just Elohim, but that he is El Roy as well. So let's let's go to Genesis chapter 16, and we're going to read the verse one, and then at the end we're gonna we're gonna unpack it for ourselves. All right. So it says, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant or slave whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, see now. The Lord has restrained me from bearing children. It's God, hey? God has restrained me. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. Then Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. 
drama, 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 drama. Then Sarai said to Abraham, my wrong be upon you. I gave you my maid into your embrace. And when she saw that she had, when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between you and me. Woo! A marital conflict. It is, this is an explosion of marital conflict here. So Abram said to Sarai, Indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And when Sarai had dealt harshly with Hagar, she fled from her presence. So Hagar takes flight. And we don't know what harshly means there, but like verbal, physical abuse. I don't know. She is a slave. So she's, she's fleeing now for her life. Verse 7, now the angel of the Lord found her, Hagar, by a spring of water in the wilderness. Funny how God always shows up in our wildernesses. It's funny how it's in our dry places, in our dark places, in our difficult times that we find God and find meaning and find His name and learn more about Him. It's in those dark moments that suddenly now our eyes and ears are open to hear Him. When we're in the lush places, often we cannot see God, we cannot hear God, but it's in the wilderness that God speaks, that He comes. And that's when He's got our attention. And He comes to her in the wilderness by the spring on the way to Shur, and He said, Hagar, calls her by name. Sarai's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? I don't think that's a question for every single person. Where have you come from and where are you going? That's a question we all need to answer. <laughs> I love it. Where, are you, where have you come from? Where are you going? What are you doing with your life? Where are you going? Why, why are you leaving? What's happening? She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself, Ish, under her hand. Woo! Jesus. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard. Ishmael means God has heard. Verse 12, He shall be a wild man and his hand shall be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees El. Roy, for she said, I have also here seen him who sees me. Have I also here seen him who sees me? Therefore the well was called Bir Lahai Roy, which means the, the well of the living one who sees me. Observe, it is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abraham, Abraham was 86 years old when you're 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abraham. Let's just pray, Father. We just commit this time to you, Lord. May you bless the reading of your word this morning, Lord. We just lean into you. We lean into you for wisdom. We lean into you for revelation. This word. Lord, it brings healing, it brings direction, it feeds us, it lifts us up, it shows us our errors, it shows us the way we should go. This word is the, the birthing place of faith in our hearts. It's what feeds our faith, gives birth to our faith, leads to faith. It's the word that directs our steps and causes us to walk in prosperity and healing. Father, may you bless the reading of your word. Holy Spirit, we invite you into our homes today. We invite you in. Come. Come fill us with the understanding of heaven. Come and direct our lives. We are your people who are called by your name. And we ask for your leadership this morning. We want to be the sheep who hear your voice. Amen. Amen. Alright, so what are we seeing here in this passage? Well, <laughs> drama. <laughs> One word, alright? A whole lot of drama. Sarah can't wait anymore for the promise of God. She is past childbearing. She's past menopause now. She, there's no way she can have children. It's been 10 years since God had promised her and Abram a son and uh, posterity and, and she hasn't seen it. Have you stewarded a promise for 10 years? Have you waited 10 years from God for something? 
Do you know how challenging that is? You know, sometimes we just we pray and we we expecting God to answer next month. I wonder if Abraham and, and Sarah thought that. Maybe God will come through next year or next year or next year. And now they're 10 years into the journey and she's, she can't take it anymore. She's like, she needs, to, she needs to take life into her own hands now. She needs, to, she needs to help God. She needs to make a plan for God because God has promised her something he, and, and he's not delivering. So now she needs to make a plan to, to do something about it. So she gives her servant, her slave, to Abraham as his wife so that she can have children and it is an old Middle Eastern custom, and in those days it made sense. It doesn't really make sense to us today, all right? But, you know, and I don't think we're able to really understand it. But Abraham just goes with the flow. He's like, okay, you know. And so he takes Hagar, and she becomes pregnant. And Hagar, in this matter, I don't know about you, but I, I didn't see any choice there for Hagar. I don't know if she wanted to be with, like, an 86-year-old man, you know. Like, I, I don't know if there's any... You know, she seems to be so marginalized in the story over here. And, and, and she's got no choice. So she goes, she falls pregnant. Then she's suddenly, you know, despising Sarai after that. She's like, you know, you know, finally for once in her life, she's not the underdog anymore. She's somebody, you know, she's, she's got a little bit on top. And so she's taking it out on Sarai. And then Sarai comes to Abraham and, and starts tuning Abraham that it's all Abraham's fault when she was the one who actually came up with the idea. And Abraham is again just passive. And he's like, okay, well, you just, you sort it out. You do what seems fit. And Sarai then comes out with, with, with harshness and, and, and so harsh, whatever that was, verbal, physical abuse, we don't know, but it was so harsh that, that um, Hagar had to flee. She had to run for her life. So this is a whole lot of just ugliness happening in this family. And, uh, and, and, and that's when we see God stepping into the story. <laughs> you know, this is like, if anything, this, is, this story is hope for me that, you know, in all our family drama, God can bring order. He can bring direction. He can bring life. He can bring purpose. He can bring redemption out of the mistakes we make in our homes. So everybody here has done something wrong. This is just a mess. This is a, a mess of human failings. Sarai is impatient with the promises of God. She can't wait any longer. I don't know if there's anybody out there and you're watching this and you just feel like, I just, Lord, I've been waiting one, two, three, four, five, six, ten, ten. Lord, when am I going to see the breakthrough? When am I going to see what you've promised? When am I going to have what I know is in, on the inside of me? When is that marriage? When is that child? When is that job? When is that, that healing? When is that breakthrough going to come in my home and my family? I know what you've promised. I know what I'm carrying. And she just can't handle it anymore. And so she takes matters into her own hands. And there are huge consequences from this, all right? I mean, if you look at the, the Middle East today, the Arab-Israeli conflict that we see, uh, the conflict in the Middle East, it's, this is the origin of it, okay? This is the consequences of decisions that we make. This is what happens when we take things into our own hands and we try and do what only God can do and what God said he would do sovereignly. You know, it's a, it's a reminder that our best efforts cannot produce the promises of God. Our best efforts for righteousness, our best efforts for salvation, our best efforts for, for what God has promised us cannot produce what only He can do in our lives. There has to be faith. Remember, this is a story of faith. Um, this is the father of our faith, right? Yeah. Although there's... You know, we respect them and we carry them in such high regard. We're getting a window into the fact that they were just human as well. That they had their weak moments like we did. But obviously Sarai is basing her worth on motherhood. In those days, you, you were valued according to the fact that you could be a mother and could have children. And so all her worth is put into this thing. And, and so she, that's probably why she took things into her own hands. Maybe she couldn't stand feeling worthless or devalued so much anymore and watching other women and all their children and, and there she is, still old and barren. I don't know. But then she deals harshly with Hagar. And it's like, you know, it was, wasn't even Hagar's fault, this whole thing. Hagar didn't ask for this. Hagar didn't be put into this position. She wasn't even consulted on this matter. Like, they didn't sit down and say, Hagar, are you keen on this? It was just like, Hagar, decisions were being made for Hagar. And then we see this lashing out from Hagar, just this, 
you know, this despising her mistress. I don't know what that looked like. Maybe you should take out the laundry, Sarai. I'm pregnant. You're not. You know, I don't know what that despising started looking like in their home and what the friction started happening. But the big area here as well is from Abraham who just seems to do nothing. <laughs> He's just like, okay, Let's have, you know, I'll take Hagar, you know. And, and then, you know, there's this fight between them and he's like, well, you do something about it. He doesn't, he doesn't say, hang on, God's promised us. You know, darling, I, you know, you're just having a bad day today. All right, maybe you went to the well and you saw all the moms and their kids and, and you're just hurt and you're just, you're just really wondering where the promises of God. Let me just assure you, God has said it, God will do it. And just... You know, just brought some boundaries, brought the word, reminded his wife. And that's what marriage is about, guys. You know, when our spouse is weak, we've got to be strong. You know, when one is down, the other is up to lift each other up. And, and, he, and that's what he should have done, but he didn't do that. And this example, he's passive. He doesn't bring order. He doesn't bring the word into the situation. But then God comes. Amen? But God. But God. So God steps in and he brings order. And he brings vision. And he tells Hagar to go back to her boss and submit to her. <laughs> Isn't it funny how God always, uh, not always, but often, tells us to go and do the very thing we don't want to do, <laughs> but it's the right thing to do. And we know we need to go back and apologize. We know we need to go and own our stuff. We know we need to go and, you know, yes, they did something wrong, but we should never have said what we said, done what we've done. And so he's telling her, go back. Go back. Amazing. This encounter, she does go back. So there's obviously something about this encounter that empowers Hagar to go back. And this is it, you know, that God doesn't, doesn't just say go back, but he empowers us to do it. You know, so she's empowered in this moment. She has this encounter with God at the well. And from that, she's able to go back to a boss that was treating her harshly, own her stuff and still submit and fulfill the plan of God. You know, I've spoken to many people throughout the years of my pastoring who have run from jobs or whatever in, in tough situations, homes, families, and the right thing has been to go back, to go back and say sorry, to go back and make right. And it's never easy, but I've seen God empower people to do that. And it's always the right thing. We, when we obey God, there's always a blessing that follows. He doesn't just ask us to do hard things on our own and in our own strength without there being some sort of blessing that follows. And then he steps in and he, and he brings some purpose to the son called Ishmael. Now Ishmael, you know, I mean, he, he didn't ask to be born into this situation either. Um, but, but here he is and, and God steps in and says to Hagar, your son will be mighty. I'm going to make nation, a great nation from him. And there's purpose to his life. There's destiny on his life. In other words, what you think was the error of man, what you think is just unfixable, that yeah, now you're pregnant and, and now how's this going to work out, what you think is that I can turn into something I can use for my purposes. You know? And that's the, the redemption of God that we see here, which is just beautiful. But it's at this well that she encounters God and, and she names him El Roy, the God who sees me. And I want to just share three scriptures with you this morning. Just three short scriptures to expound on this, this revelation of El Roy. The first is in Proverbs 15 and verse 3 and it says, it says this, it says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, can you say every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Alright, what is the Bible telling us? It's telling us that God sees everything, every place. There's not a place on earth that he does not see. Proverbs 15.3. Take a look at this one, Job 28.24. For he looks throughout the whole earth and sees everything under the heavens. What does God see? Everything. What part of the earth? Throughout the whole earth. He looks and he sees everything. Everything. He sees what's happening in our city. 
He sees what's happening in our neighborhoods. He goes down even a little deeper and he sees what's happening in our homes. He sees what's happening in our bedrooms. He sees everything. Okay, Nothing is hidden from him. Jeremiah 23, 24, last one. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and earth, says the Lord? (laughs) Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and earth, says the Lord? Can anyone hide from me? You know, when, when the Bible starts with Adam and Eve, the story of Adam and Eve, what we see is they, they, they fall into sin and the first thing they do is what? They try and hide from God. Now we know, looking at those scriptures, that you know, when God came to the garden, he knew exactly where they were hiding. You, know, you, you cannot play hide and seek with God. <laughs> he knows where you are, okay? You cannot run from God like Jonah tried. You cannot like, you know, get on a ship and hope, oh, okay, now I'm on a ship sailing to another country. He can't see me because his eyes are just on Israel and that's all he can see. He can only see what's happening at the temple and in the nation of Israel. If I'm going on a ship to this, then I'm going to be okay. No, he sees you get on the ship. He knows where the ship is going and he's able to take you from the ship and put you back where you should be going. Nothing is hidden from all, from his eyes. I'm, I'm amazed at how many people I meet who, um, who are hiding from God. So many people who are like, you know, like when I ask them, so do you go to church? Like, do you believe in God? Yeah, 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 I, I believe in God. I'm like, do you go to church? Nah, you know. They, they, and, and when you drill down, what you find out is that their life is not right and therefore they don't want to go to church. And I think the understanding is this, is that maybe if I walk into the church, then God will see me. Like God has this, you know, this long telescope and he only sees what's happening in the church, you know. And you walk in, then it's like, whoo, he saw you. (laughs) He knows it, you know. So as long as you just stay in your bedroom, as long as you just stay outside the building, you're going to be safe. You're going to be fine. And it's crazy. It's absolute crazy because he sees us everywhere. He sees everything under the heavens. Everything is happening all over the place. Now, Scripture is telling us that this is just a fact. This is a fact. Okay? God sees everything. But this is not what Hagar meant. You know, when we, when we say El Roy, the God who sees, all right, well, what we t- sometimes think is that God sees, He sees everything. What Hagar said, she didn't say, this is the God who sees. She named Him the God who sees me. Okay? And she named that well, Bir Roy, which means the well of the living one who sees me. This is so much deeper. This is not just seeing everything. This is seeing the individual. This is seeing my circumstances. This is seeing my pain. This is knowing my journey. This is knowing who I am. This is knowing how I'm feeling. This is what El Roy doesn't mean just the God who sees everything. This is the God who sees the individual, who noticed me when nobody else was noticing me, when everybody else was just getting on with their life, when I felt invisible. And I, you know, he is the one who saw me and he knows me. This is, this is the deepest type of seeing that we see in this name, El Roy. This is not just a God who sees. This is the God who knows, who, who is intimately acquainted with the, the heart, our heartstrings. He knows the toughness, the, the, the difficulty, the, the pain that we're going through. This is Al Roy, the God who sees me. This is echoed in Psalm 139 when David says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know my sitting down and you know my rising up. You know what time I, I go to bed. You know what time I rise in the morning. You know my thoughts afar off. You, you, you skillfully made me in my mother's womb. You knit me together. And when my substance was yet unformed, you saw me. That's, that is, <clears throat> that is what we're talking about here. The God who sees me. This is 
what David wrote in Psalm 139 was really what Hagar was experiencing. What, 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 what Hagar was experiencing was that the fact that there is someone out there who knows me so deeply and so intimately. That is why she called him El Roy, the God who sees me. And if you think about it for a moment, Hagar, I mean, who is Hagar? Who is she? I mean, she, in, on, on the scale of life, she's, she's a nobody. She's, she's a, a slave girl, you know, who's been impregnated in a family feud by other people's errors, fleeing for her life in the wilderness, just running, abused, beaten, whatever. She is, she is a nobody on the stage of life. She's a nobody in the, in the greatest scheme of life. She's got no home, no stability, no cell phone, no credit card. Even if she had a phone, nobody to call. Who's she going to call? No family, nothing. She is, she, is, she is completely on the outside, marginalized by life. Her name, and it's probably been the story of her life, because her name, Hagar, actually means this. It means foreigner or stranger or flight. That's what her name means. So this has probably been the story of her life, just fleeing. And she represents... For us who read this word, the invisibles, you know, the, the nothings, the nobodies of this world, the, the ones that we don't even pay attention to, and, and, but there is a God, there is El Roy who notices this woman. I mean, did you notice in, in the passage we read that Abraham and Sarai never even called her by her name? They were just like, your slave, your servant, your slave, your servant, this servant, that slave. You know, they never actually called her by name. But when you see God coming and meeting her by the well, he says, Hagar. He knows her by name. And we see this pattern repeated in Scripture through Ruth and, and Rahab and Tamar and that woman at the well, again, also marginalized, drawing water in the heat of the day, you know, outcast from society. We see that with the woman caught in adultery, you know, about to be stoned by the Pharisees. What do we see? We see Jesus stepping in to these nobodies, these people who, you know, even if they died, no one would even blink, no one would even care, but they're important to God. And this is the pattern that's repeated in Scripture, is that our God is El Roy. He doesn't just see. He sees the individual. He sees each person, even the outcast, even the ones that society devalues, even the ones that we don't care or even think about or even notice, or we're so busy with our lives, but they just, they're just there, you know? They're just on the fringes. He sees them all. He sees everyone. This is... Elroy. So let me just draw some application and we'll close this morning. So for me, there's, there's two application points to this message. And, and the first is this, is that God sees me, Elroy. Can, can you just say that? God sees me. Come on, wherever you are, in your home, here in this room, let's say it. God sees me. Okay? And not just sees you, but knows you intimately, deeply. Psalm 139 stuff, that, that, that intimate knowledge of what you're going through. And I don't know if there's someone here who's watching this and you're struggling with that. <laughs> and you're like, God, can you not see that I'm, I'm going through suff- tough stuff at the moment? Can you not see that I'm struggling. Can you not see I'm trying to raise this child? I'm trying to hold this family together. I'm trying to make a living. I'm trying to do my job. I'm trying to, and I've got all these things. God, can you not see that I'm going through this? Can you not see who I'm going through? Well, today, you need to take heart that He does see. That He does see you. He does know what you're going through. And, you know, if you ever get tempted to think, that maybe because of your circumstances that God doesn't see, that he's distant, that he doesn't care, that he's lost interest in you or something like that, I want you just to say these words. The devil is a liar. Can you just say that? Practice it. The devil is a liar. You see, this is what happens. is We go through tough circumstances in life. 
we go through tough stuff. And what we, what we, tr- what we typically do is we allow circumstances, we t- project our circumstances onto the image of God that we have. The, the, the image that we have of God. So we take our circumstances. So if things are tough, if things are difficult for me right now, then what we do is we project that to God and we go that obviously then God is tough, God is uncaring, God does not see, God is not think. And, and this is exactly what the enemy would love us to do. He would love us to think that God is not who he says he is in the Word. He would love us to... to, to he's the, the, the biggest character assassin there is. Or he is constantly pulling down the name of God. He's constantly saying God is not loving. He's constantly saying God does not see. He's constantly saying, like, did God really say you shouldn't eat from every... He's always the one who's throwing doubt on the character and nature of God. And what we need to do as the people of God is, is that we, we look to the Word, we allow the Word to define who He is, not circumstances. We don't project our circumstances to the image of God and tarnish the image of God. We uphold the image of God that's revealed to us in Scripture. And we, hold, and, we, and we maintain a high view of who God is. We, 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 we make sure, like Peter wrote in, his, in one of his epistles, he said, sanctify the Lord in your hearts. In other words, make sure that the Lord is, is holy in your hearts, that you've got a high opinion of his love, that you've got a high opinion of his power, that you've got a high opinion of his compassion and his kindness, a high opinion of his, of his uh, thoughts towards you, that you maintain that image of God. Why? Well, because faith cannot flourish where there's a low image of who God is. And faith is the key to getting breakthrough in your circumstances. So Satan steps into difficult circumstances and he gets you to doubt the one who is there, who is, who does see, who does care, so that you do not exercise your faith. And what you should be doing is projecting the image of God to your circumstances, not the circumstances to the image that you carry of who God is. And, that's it. and he tries to step in when things are bad and he tries to get you to doubt God, to doubt his goodness, to doubt the fact that he sees you. Oh God, where are you? God, He would love you to fight with God and wrestle with God. Your fight, is, your fight is not with God. Your fight is against, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You wrestle against principalities and powers. The, the, the enemy, alright, that's who you wrestle against. Rulers of this darkness of age. He would love you to think that God is your problem. <laughs> so that you turn your attention away from him to God and you like, oh God, where are you? Why are you not coming through over this? Well, what you should be doing is taking a high opinion of who God is. And you go to your circumstances and you go to your battle. You know who your battle really is against. Your battle is against principalities and powers. That's who your battle is against. There are demonic forces out there that are trying to wreck your family, wreck your marriage, wreck your kids, wreck your career, wreck your everything. They're the ones who are the problem. God is not the problem. Take the image, the powerful image that you have of God and project Him and proclaim Him to the circumstances and then watch your circumstances change. Maintain a high picture of who God is. When you start to even doubt the character and nature of God, when you doubt, oh, Al Roy, you hear Al Roy, oh, yeah, God sees, but does he see me? Know that you have fallen into the trap of the enemy and that's what he would love you to stay in. Because when you stay in a place where you have a low opinion of God's love, then there is no faith in your heart. Faith flourishes when you serve a God who sees me. And he knows me. And he loves me. And he's not going to withhold anything from me. And if the circumstances are bad, then it's probably bad because of the enemy. And God is not my enemy. He's here to help me. And so what I do is I go, I declare to my circumstances, El Roy, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rafu, we declare to the circumstances, God is my healing. God is my breakthrough. God is my deliverer. God is my healer. You declare to circumstances who God is. And that's when we start to see the breakthrough. Listen, guys, we started something last year. We activated our believers in the Believe series. We started activating our believers. You know what I found since that time? Man, the assault has been huge. <laughs> I don't know about you, but just in my personal life, I felt that since I started preaching a word of faith, man, it feels like just everything is coming against my faith. And I found in that time that there's this, this sneaky voice that gets me to doubt, well, maybe God won't come through. 
or maybe maybe God didn't see, or maybe God didn't say that, or maybe you you know, and there's this, and then I'm like, hang on a second, <laughs> hang on a second, all right? That is the enemy. He loves to divide and conquer. You are in partnership with God. He has made a covenant with you. If he can bring division, he can conquer. If he can bring break a break in that relationship. That's what he does. He tries to bring division in marriage, so he breaks it down. Division in teams, in, 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 in families. He bring, if he can bring division, he can conquer. Divide, then conquer. Alright? Because remember, one can put a thousand to fly by two. Ten thousand. Okay? When, when we agree in unity, whoo, man, how trembles. How trembles when we come together, when we are united, when we realize that we're not the problem here. <laughs> that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. But we're wrestling against principalities, powers, rulers. There's, there's unseen forces of darkness that are out to destroy our economy and our city and our neighborhoods. And this is what we're wrestling against. And when we take our position in the Spirit, in partnership with God, with a high opinion of our God, like Jehoshaphat and Jazeel, what did they do? They went into the battle proclaiming that the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Get it? They're going into a battle, vastly outnumbered. The situation is bad. You know, they look. It looks like financial collapse, calamity. It just looks like death, destruction. There's no way out. They go into battle, declaring who God is. A high opinion of God. A high opinion. Your mercy endures forever. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. His mercy, and as they lifted up that praise, declaring that high, exalted opinion of God, the enemy destroyed itself. Enemy destroyed itself. So, this, the first application here I, w- I want you to see is that, that God does see us, okay? And let's defend that. Let's defend that with all our lives. Let's, let's draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, devil, you're a liar. I am never going to lower my opinion of who God is. He sees me. He knows me. I will not believe anything else. And watch faith flourish in your heart. Secondly, another point of application from this. So, point number one was this, is God sees us. Secondly, do we see God? Is the question I have. You know, in Matthew 25... Uh, Jesus said to this, this group of people, he said, I was naked and you didn't give me any clothing. I was thirsty and you didn't give me any water. I was hungry and you didn't give me any food. And then they replied to him, I'm paraphrasing, but Lord, when did we see you thirsty? And But Lord, when did we see you hungry and when did we see you naked? And Jesus turns to them and says, I'm telling you now, inasmuch as you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. What does that teach us? This teaches us that, that God has chosen to hide his identity in the marginalized. He, he's put his identity in the marginalized, on the outcasts, on the Hagars, on the Tamars, on the woman at the well, the the, the lepers that we see in the, in, in, in the Gospels, the, the, the outcasts, those who, the, the fringe of society, you know, the, the people we don't notice, the, the invisibles. And he's hidden his image there. And he says, in as much as you do it for them, you do it for me. <laughs> the question I have for us this morning is, do we see God? Do we see him? Do we see where he is? You know, during this lockdown, I, I got to watch such a, a beautiful uh, video clip from Carte Blanche. They did a, a story on Dr. Emmanuel Taban. And, um, you know, the, the, the brief story of Emmanuel Taban is this, is that he grew up in South Sudan. He was uh, stolen from his family. He was forced to convert to Islam. He was then escaped to Eritrea. He was then abused and tortured, imprisoned. He then escaped from there, walked 3,000 kilometers to Kenya, okay, that from Eritrea to Kenya, to try and find an uncle of his. 
And when he got there, his uncle completely disowned him. Like, sorry, I'm not helping you at all. 3,000 kilometers he's walked to just go to this one uncle. And uncle's like, no. And he said this. He said, at that moment, I knew that I was completely alone in the world. Completely alone in the world. He then picks up a Coke can and he saw on the back it said, made in South Africa. And he was like, I'm going to South Africa. He then walks, hitchhikes. I don't know how he gets there, but through Tanzania, through Mozambique, comes to South Africa, 3, another 3,000 kilometers, arrives with nothing. He's a street kid. He's, he's begging for food. He's sleeping on the streets. He's an invisible. He's an outcast. And then these nuns see him. They see him. And they take him in. And they school him. And his marks are so good. They raise cash for him to go to university. He studies medicine. Long story short, three medical degrees later, international renown, South Africa's leading pulmonologist, saving lives in the, in the battle against COVID-19 through breakthrough surgery oper- operations. And, and, and all of that because somebody saw him. Not just, oh, there's another. I see you. I see you. That's Elroy. Jesus said, as he was, so we are in this world. In other words, the way that Jesus saw the invisibles is the way that you and I also need to see the Hagars and the Dr. Tabans. We, that's how we're meant to function. And so, two points of application. God sees you. Don't forget that. But do you see God? Do you see Him in the people that are around you? Do you see Him in, your, in the people closest to you and in the people around you in your everyday life? Let's ponder those two thoughts. Father in heaven, come to you today and we just say thank you. Thank you for your word which brings life and direction to us. Thank you that you are El Roy, the God who sees us, individuals, the marginalized, those who are outcast. And I just pray for some of us here who are watching. I literally can see some of you crying right now. Like I can, I can almost see it so clearly. You are just weeping because you've been praying, God, do you see me? And the sermon is just a confirmation. You didn't even know what was going to happen today in the preach. And it's just like, as I've been speaking, he's just been ministering to you and saying, I see you, (laughs) I see you, I see you, I see you. I haven't changed. I haven't changed. Let that comfort just come upon you today. Let that reassurance of the Holy Spirit just envelop you right now. Let it just pour his love into you right now, wherever you are. Just... Receive His love today. Receive His affirmation and His tender, gentle care. As Hagar was transformed, able to go back to a very difficult circumstance, my prayer is right now that you encounter the Lord and He enables you to go back to that job, go back to that marriage, go back to that family, go back to the, the grind, the... Go back, but go back now empowered. Go back knowing El Roy, El Roy, God who sees me. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 We want to just invite you, if you have any specific prayer requests, to send them through on the chat. And we're going to pray specifically for you. And if you want to stand proxy for any family members, but let as a, let's as a community cover each other in prayer and, and lift up each other as we, as we continue to, um, to go through this series and we continue to fight the good fight of faith together. And while those prayer requests are coming through, I'm just a reminder that we're going to end with communion again this Sunday so you can get your communion ready. And uh, I think it's just such an incredible word that Wayne shared, that God sees us. And we see God. Mm. It's powerful. It's beautiful. 
and really hits me personally because it wasn't too long ago that I was pondering something that was kind of coming against, um, trying to shake me, trying to, um, you know, unsteady my, my footing. And I just felt Jesus say to me, keep eye-to-eye contact with me. Yeah. Keep eye-to-eye contact with me. And as soon as I heard those words and as soon as I embraced that, that's that I see you, you see me. We, mm. We're not letting go of each other's sight here. Mm. As soon as I embraced that, the thing that was coming and trying to unsettle me, it hasn't gone away. And yet it does not affect me the way it was starting to affect me mm. as I was looking to it, looking mm. at it. So there is something incredibly powerful about that eye-to-eye engagement with God. I just want to pray into that. I'm just seeing something again. Lord, we just want to pray right now for those who are under the attack of the enemy. He's been lying. He's been trying to, to lower the image of God that we carry, to lower who God is in our minds. Some of you have been under such assault from the enemy to, and he's been lying, saying God does not care, God does not see, he's take things into your own hands, get on with your own life, make, do plan B, and we just break that assignment right now in the name of Jesus. We come against it in the name of Jesus. Satan, we cast you out. We expose you today. You're a liar. You've lied from the beginning. When you lie, you speak your native tongue, and we cast your lies out in the name of Jesus this morning. We command you to loose every mind, every heart, wherever there's been bondage, wherever you've been coming in, trying to get people to lower their opinion of God. We break your power this morning we say no to your schemes anymore no to your lies you are exposed you're the enemy here you're the problem here not our lord not our god that's right not yahweh not yahava we hold yahava in holiness and respect this morning for who he is as revealed in word amen Mm. and as we submit to god and we resist Mm. the enemy he will flee yeah there is such power in our agreement with god's word So as you choose in this moment to respond to this prayer that Wayne's prayed, then you just choose this. I submit to God. I Mm. submit to his word. I submit to his nature. I submit to the goodness of who he is. I submit Submit to God God. and I resist the enemy. And he will flee. He has no option but to flee (laughs) when you use your will to submit to God and you resist the enemy. He hates the lights. He yeah. doesn't like, yeah, he loves the shadows. Loves the shadows. Yeah. Any prayer requests coming through? Uh, nothing has come through specifically right All now. Right. So guys, just a reminder, if you want us to pray for something right now, remember there's, there's a whole lot of us. We're all in our homes this morning. And if you want to bring something to the church and for us all to pray, then uh, we're going to do that now. And you sure. can agree with us. So I just see Marunwa has posted something. Mm-hmm. Please pray for my mom's friend. Her name is Maria. She is admitted in hospital, and it has been two weeks now. All right. Let's yeah. pray for Maria. Yeah. Father, in your mighty, beautiful name, we bring on, Ma- Maria before your throne of yes, grace. Lord. We thank you, God, that you meet Maria her where she is, and you, being the God of all yes, comfort, God. bring comfort to her. Yes, we God. pray right now for wisdom mm. upon the doctors. We pray right now for care through mm. the nursing staff. We pray that family and friends would come around her and lift up her spirits where they maybe feel a little bit weary and weak. But most of all, Lord, we pray that you lift up her eyes to fix her gaze upon you, the one and only one who can meet her in that deep soul-to-soul connection. And we declare healing and wellness over her body in the name of Jesus. Yes, yes. And we say, get up and walk out of yes, that hospital. right now in, in Jesus', Jesus name. name. Mm. In Jesus' Rise name. Rise and walk in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, I just mm. want to encourage you. Take your mm. prayer requests into your connect groups. For those of you who are going to be meeting after church today and during the week, take your prayer requests. Do life in the community. Do not be isolated in this time. Absolutely. And so just a reminder that iConnect has gone out. Um, for those of you who don't know, we have... And I connect, which is basically a sermon summary um, and discussion guide for, for what the word that I've just shared now. So we put that out uh, on our WhatsApp group. If you're not uh, on that group or not connected on one of our broadcasts, send your name and your number to our church phone, which is 072-606-6747. And every Sunday morning, we, when we're doing series, we, we send out these I connects. And 
and I, I can't tell you, you know what, there's value in listening to the Word, but there is like an exponential value when I sit down with somebody and we go, you know, let's, let's discuss this Word together Definitely. and let's pray for each other. Yeah. It's like a, it takes the Word to another dimension, exactly. guys. Because we're called not just to be hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word. Yeah. And how better to stay accountable to being a doer of the Word than actually having engaged in conversation around it, brought your situation and yeah. circumstances into accountability and into friendship. So I really want to just encourage you on that. Some of the, I mean, look at some of the questions in the, in, in the iConnect are like, Sarah, Sarai was ca- clearly basing her worth on the status of motherhood, which was common in her day for a woman to do. What are the things we base our worth on these days? You know, um, where have, another one, where have you experienced God redeeming your mistakes? Share with the group. So there's like some yeah. great discussion questions here. So good. Which, yeah, we encourage you to get into I believe there's some more prayer requests if you want to grab those but you know as Wayne was just saying that I was thinking about how this sermon has um, brought heightened our, our attention to the fact that God sees us and we see him but we also want to see each other you know we don't want to be isolated in this time so if you are not plugged into a connect group please get in touch with us. We want to help you to stay connected with other people. Mm. So there's lots of prayer requests coming in now, which is great, guys. So T has asked that, um, and I just want to reiterate, guys, this is not people sending their prayer requests just for Wayne and Trish to pray. This is our moment as a church. We're a community. We're believers. We're in this together, okay? So... So you sending out a prayer request here is not just for Wayne and Trish to pay, but we, we're trusting that we're agreeing across the city and beyond the city to Mtata and wherever else we're watching from this morning. So T is pray. Please pray for God to be glorified in Aunt Lindy's funeral next Saturday. Amen. Amen. So we, yeah, we do. We, we mourn Aunt Lindy, but we also celebrate her life and, and we're going to trust for God to be glorified with you, T. Daniel has asked, please can we pray for clarity, provision, and healing? I'm guessing, Dan, that's for you, so that's fine. TK has asked, it's been a difficult few months for our family, and I must say I'm struggling to have a faith-filled outlook for 2021. (laughs) I hear you on that. It just feels like a continuation of 2020. Please pray for renewed hope. Amen to that, hey? I think, TK, you know, that's a lot of us are feeling like that, and... That's definitely something we're going to pray for. Um, Sandile, come on up here and join us, champ. I'm going to ask you to pray for some of this as well. Mac, do you also want to come on up and, and let's pray? Let's just spread. Um, okay, and then pray for the other ones. Okay, all right. So, Father, we come before your throne of grace and we yes, thank Lord. you that when one of your children passes into glory, it yes, is not a time for us to mourn that person because they are with you. Yeah. We celebrate that Aunt Lindy is no longer in, in this broken world, but she is with you Come in on. glory. And healed she body. Is mm. healed and restored. And Lord, we pray that these truths would be proclaimed through this process, through the funeral process and everything yes. that's going to be taking place. We pray that her life mm, would be, be glorified. We pray that yes. her faith would be lifted up and that people's eyes would, would be turned towards you, the God yeah. who sees, the yeah. God who cares, and the God who is amazing. Father, we also mm. just pray for every person whose heart is sore and grieving on them. And yeah. we pray that you would bring them comfort and there would be an incredible strength that would rise up in the, in the family and the community yeah. that yeah. is embracing this, this time. Mm. Yes. We agree. Amen. Oh, you got a mic. Okay. Do you want to just pray into what TK was just saying about 2021 feeling like a continuation of 2020, um, just renewed hope, fresh vision? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that, Father, you are hope, that, God, you are strength, Lord, that you are salvation, oh God.
Thanks for Dumala family, oh God. We bring TK, oh God, and her family, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God, that you are wells of hope, oh God. You are wells of joy. You are wells of happiness. You are wells of vision, oh God. Lord, we thank you, Father God, that even now, oh Lord, there's no distance in prayer, Lord Jesus. For however that they are feeling, oh God, as, as we might feel like there's a spiral of things that are not good that are happening, but God, we choose to believe that you are good, oh yes, Father. Lord. That Father God, God, yes. you are loving, oh God, that you are a hope, oh Father God, in the midst of everything, that indeed, God, we have never seen you forsaking your children, oh God, even us, oh God, we stand in faith, Lord, you will not forsake us, oh God, that you are indeed with us, you are indeed with TK, oh God, you are indeed yes. with her family, oh God, yes. that Lord, you bind her, oh God, and you shield her, and you protect her, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, thank you for the hedge of fire, almighty God, yes. and Father, I just bring her heart to you, Almighty God, and we submit it under your Lordship, O God, that whatever lies that the enemy might be speaking, we come against them in the name of Jesus, O yes. Father, as yes. our Pastor Trisha yes. in, 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 in letter said that we, we were eye to eye with Jesus, and the voices are silent, O God, right now I, I declare that over her life, I declare that over her family, and I declare that word, O God, over each and every person who might be feeling like it's a continuation of a year, O God, whereby it's so barren, we are just moving around in the wilderness but we know Father God that even when we are in the wilderness there you are Father God mm, you are right. there Lord God we praise your mighty name in Jesus name God mm. Amen we agree fresh vision and fresh hope for all of us Lord God. God. do you want to pray for Dan sure. you got that Father God we just thank you uh, for clarity Lord, we thank you for clarity. We thank you for provision. We thank you, Lord, for healing. Um, We thank you, Father God, um, that you just bring clarity, Father God, into the year. You bring focus, Father. We bring vision, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, um, that where there's um, doubt and uncertainty and fear, Father God, you replace those, Father God, with a sure word right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for a clear word that comes straight from you, Lord God. for for vision, Father God, and direction. And I thank you, Father God, where there's a lack of finances or other resources, Lord God. Lord God, we pray that you may stretch out your hand, Father God, even into that place. We thank you, Lord God, that you are God, our provider. You are are our provider, Father God, and there's nothing that is too hard for you, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that when we find ourselves in those places, Father God, where we feel like uh, we don't know where to go or we don't know where the money is going to come from or what, where the resources are going to come from. Lord God, we pray that in those places we may remember who you are. We may remember your power. We may remember your glory. And that, Father God, you are the provider. And that there's nothing that is impossible for you, Lord God. So we declare your provision, Father God, over Daniel's life and every other person, Father God, who is crying out for the provision. Father God, who is desperate for it right now. We pray that it may come right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for healing over every sickness, Father God, whether it be mental, whether it be emotional, whether it be physical, Father God, we stretch your hand of healing over Daniel, Father God, and every other person right now, in the name of Jesus. I see here, um, Gekka also has a, an uncle in hospital. Yeah. Father God, we pray yes. your, your healing over him right yes, now, Father right God. Now. We Speak thank healing. you, Lord Speak God, life. that you revive him in Jesus that hospital name. right now. Increase his vitals, Father God. Thank you, Father God, that he comes back to consciousness. Thank you, Father God, that he comes back to full strength in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that it will rise up from that bed and you walk, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, we speak life over him, life in abundance, Lord God, in Jesus' name. We bless you, Father. Lord, on that same note, we just pray for Pregi and Prof Naidu, colleagues of Benina, who have just been admitted to hospital. We lift you up, Pregi and Prof Naidu, this morning. As every nation, Durban, we gather around you right now. As you are in those hospital beds, we speak life over you. Pregi, we speak life over you. Yes. Prof Naidu, we, we say let the God who created heaven and earth, who said light, let light shine out of darkness, 
Let Him shine in your heart right now. Let your eyes be open to see Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. May you encounter the Lord in that bed. May you get up out of that bed. May you check out of that hospital and go back to your families. We pray in your name, Lord. Um, do you want to, darling, pray for uh, Kazi, who's just posted this request? This is quite interesting. He says, please pray for my sister, who tries to lower my image of God with man's understanding of life on earth. All right. I think that's something that a lot of people, okay. you know, we live in environments where it's like, where's mm. this God of yours? And, yeah. You know, so, okay. Father, we just bring Kazi and his mm. situation right now that yeah. he's going through before your throne of grace, but also every other person mm. who can relate to that, yeah. who can relate to people who are close by, maybe in proximity or in heart relationship, who don't have the same revelation that you are God Almighty and that you are sovereign in the midst of everything that's going on in the world today. And, Father, I pray that for Kazi and every other person who relates, that there would just be a lifting up of their eyes above the circumstances and above the the voices that would come to undermine. I'm just reminded that it was the serpent who came to undermine what God had said. And where the enemy is working through the voices of those who are close in proximity or in heart-to-heart connection with us, Lord, we thank you that you silence those voices. You silence those voices with truth. I pray that you would fill your sons and daughters with confidence in your truth and that your word would come out of their mouths. And where there actually needs to be a, a, a... a care-fronting moment where they say, you know what, I don't want to hear you speaking like yeah. this about my yeah, God yeah. because I know that God is more than able. He is sure. strong. He is powerful. He is in control. And he will turn all things to the good of those who love him and are called by his name. And that is me. I love God. I'm called by his name. And so whatever circumstances are around me, he's turning them to my good. Yeah. And I pray that you silence the voice of the accuser yeah. and you cause your saints to rise up in a confidence and an assurity to stand on your truth and to speak out mm. and say, no, that is not truth and I will not entertain it. Mm. And I declare this over yes. you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Right, Shall we yeah. do communion? Let's, let's take communion. All right, let's take communion. <clears throat> so as we take communion this morning, we do so with, the, in, with it in mind that God sees this moment. He oh. sees this moment of us breaking bread. He sees this moment of us taking the cup. He sees this moment of us blessing each other, blessing him, blessing our families, and he pays attention to that. So, Father, this morning as we take this bread, we bless it in your name. We remember what your son did for us to have relationship with you. We remember what your son did for us so that we could be blessed and no longer under the curse. And so we thank you that Jesus, your body was broken, and we remember this, and we thank you that God sees this moment and sees our faith and declaration in the covenant that he established with us through you, Lord Jesus. remind ourselves this morning that this cup is a cup of blessing. (laughs) And Lord, just my thoughts this morning are with, like with Feelways over there on the chat, just with all of those in our community who've lost loved ones in this time. And there's been so many, so many dads, moms, aunts that have passed in this time. And it it can just feel so discouraging. But as we remember, as we take this cup, we remember that death has lost its victory. <laughs> death has lost. Though we die, yet we live again. That, that at the end of the day, death does not have the final say. Uh, if anything, the times like these where there's just a lot of death, it's just a reminder that we have the gospel of life. And we need to be urgent in sharing the gospel of life because... Life is, is so quick. And so we're not ha- trying to hold on to this life or protect it. We celebrate that we have eternal life. And it's this cup, it's this representing this blood that gives us that eternal life. So let's take that this morning as a, as a 
just an affirmation that God has made a way through death. The death is not final. Death doesn't have the last say. All right? <laughs> God has the last say. Amen. Amen. Well, amen. Beautiful church. Enjoy the rest of your beautiful Sunday and continue to shine God's light. Be filled with courage and confidence and know that he's with you and he's for you. And from Wayne and I, lots and lots of love to you. Have a beautiful day, guys. Have a wonderful one. We'll see you again soon. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6 needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit our website www.endurban.org to get our bank details and zapper code. Have a safe and blessed week.